Let's pray, guys. Oh, okay. Yeah, we welcome you, Lord. I want to thank you that you are here with me. God in my space and God in each of your spaces and God everywhere in between. Come and be with us now and guide our thoughts and our words and our questions. Amen. Amen, guys. I wanted to start by praying that because the truth of it is core to what I feel like I need to know before I start into any kids ministry that I'm doing at the minute. Um, like most of you, we are completely online right now. And so long as I have that confidence that God is in my space, in the space that I'm in, in my living room, and that he is in the space that each of the children are in on a Sunday morning or on a Zoom call, wherever they are, um, and that he is in every space in between. The truth of that reality causes my excitement um, and my expectation just to bubble up in spite of all this online stuff. And there are so many unknowns right now, but God in my space and God in yours, that I do know, and that gives me confidence. So my own children, um, for those of you who haven't met me, I'm Katie, um, and I am married to Trevor, and we've got two lovely daughters. We've got a teenager who's 15, um, Nave, and we've got Annabeth who's four in her first little year of primary school. And she, I'm like looking at all the messages I'm getting to. Hopefully I'm okay. Um, yeah, so I love being their parents. Very different with the teenager and a little one. And at the minute, even with that wide age range, both of my kids have so many questions for me right now. You know, how long will this lot got down go on for, mummy? When will we get back to school? Will I be able to have a birthday party this year? That one, like wrecks my mummy heartstrings in this season. Um, when will we be able to meet with the other kids from church again? And you know, whenever my kids have had questions for me, normally I have been able to come up, up with some kind of answer for their questions. But for these questions, I have absolutely no answers for them, you know. So they're like, what will happen next, mum, with all of this? And my answer is just, don't know, don't know, honey, sorry. And my littlest one said to me, but you always know. And I had to say, you know, I just don't know. And some of you will have been having this exact same conversation working out in your own houses too. So you can imagine their wee faces. You know, wow, mommy doesn't know. And you know, that really affects us because we all like to have these people in our lives that have the answer, you know, and a year ago, my dad passed away. And, you know, having that feeling of my dad, he was like my go to person. If I had any questions, he'd always know the sensible thing to do or have the answer. And that's me as a grown up, you know. Um, and I was thinking, gosh, who am I going to ask now? And um, suddenly our kids, even though they're only little, they're having to face this reality now that the people in their lives don't have the answers you know um, and suddenly our kids are faced with this new reality their parents their teachers their pastors political leaders doctors nurses 
just actually don't know. But um, it's when even the people who are paid to know the answers don't know the answers, then we have this incredible opportunity to tell them about their God who does know the answers. And I love that, you know. I can't think of another time in our lives where the people of the world have been worried about the same problem at the same time trying to find solutions to the problems and it's in times like these you know that we remember how little control we have over our lives and just that you know that we phrase in the bible about the twinkling of an eye like don't we get that now that urgency like in the twinkling of an eye everything can change and my goodness me what a reality we're in so we're living in this really interesting time and maybe it's taken a pandemic to cause us to reflect you know on this very time on which we live so back in the time when you could do exciting things like take your kids from your church away on our retreats we took a crowd of our kids from belfast away for a treat with the gang from the carrick vineyard Gillian and um, Gillian Grant if you're on here give us a wee shout out in the comments um, I did ask her permission to tell this story but Gillian um, is the kids pastor in Carrick and she wrote these brilliant lessons that were on Josiah and so we were all using them for our teaching time so I got to teach her lesson for one of my teaching sessions and she did this incredible activity and, at, and as I started to prepare the seminar, God really reminded me of this lesson. And I wanted to just share it because I thought it might be helpful for some of you guys in this season as well, because I definitely am going to be revisiting it. So here is Gillian's lesson. I got the talk, got the teach. I see Tini asking for a copy of the lessons. If Gillian's on here, she can share. And if not, we can post them or email them out afterwards or maybe we'll do a link on the Facebook page um, and that would be really cool. So here's, here is her lesson. On one side of the room on the wall she had a picture of a cross and on the opposite side on the wall on the other side of the room we had a picture of a crown and the children were to sit in between these two pictures on the floor. So I got to teach this lesson, as I said. So first of all, I asked the children about the cross and we talked about how it was the most important thing in the life of those who follow Jesus. And we thought about how the cross is the foundation of everything that we believe in. And we talked about how the cross was empty as well because Jesus rose again. He died for us and he rose again so that we could have this amazing friendship with God so that we can be his children, princes, princesses, um, and know our royal identity. So then after that, we looked to the other side of the room where we had the picture of the crown and we said to the kids, you know, if the cross is the beginning, where does it all end? Of course it ends when Jesus comes back. And we talked to the kids about how he's sitting in heaven at God's side waiting but we don't know when that will be we don't know when he'll come back again and then we moved to this place where we were all sitting that was a place between the cross and the crown and we explained it to them you know so if the cross is there on that side of the room and the crown is over here 
what do we do when we're here in the middle? What do we do in this space between the cross and the crown where we're living right now? You know, what do we do here, this time in history that we've been born into? It's between the cross and the crown. So what happens in this space? And of course, Gillian had put in her lesson, you know, we want to go crazy for God. We want to worship him. We want to pray for the sick. We want to do all those amazing things we get to do because we love him and he's Lord and he's coming back one day. We get to live as if God's kingdom is already here, knowing that one day it will be. He'll be back again. And, you know, what an awesome lesson. And I love teaching it because I was watching all these wee faces in front of me. And it was like the light was coming on for so many of our children as they were able to actually place themselves in the narrative of history. They were like positioning themselves in their mind in God's story. And the response was like just a treasure to watch. And I tell you this because I want us to think about the time that we're living in right now in the light of these two truths, that space between the cross and the crown. It's never been smooth, right? The course of history is never smooth. We've had pandemics in the past, world wars, unforeseen circumstances, including trials. We've had celebrations, all these things that make up our stories. But the vaccine, right, it's great news. But it doesn't defeat death, you know, um, and we're living between Jesus's first and second coming. And, you know, when we love Jesus, we've always lived in that tension, that in-between space. And the pandemic shows us again and again that we can't defeat death, but we can help our children run to Jesus, who definitely can, you know. And God does not bring us through difficult seasons on any particular timeline, but we can give our children this um, truth, this understanding of the cross and the crown and remind them of their God who promises to walk with them as they live in the middle of those two truths. And it's got to shape the narrative of how we pastor and love and care for the children in our churches right now in 2021. Um, I love that because it wasn't my lesson, so I got to rave about it. Um, so helpful, though. So what I want to do is I want to read to you from the Bible the story of young David being anointed. And I know you've probably read this story. Like, I've done countless assemblies in schools on this very story because it's great to talk about how God sees the inside of us, sees our hearts. But I was, I was really praying about what to speak about. Um, and this is what God was showing me. I think this story has a lot to say to us to build up our faith and our confidence that God is moving powerfully on our children, even though we aren't with them in person. So let's read this story together. And I wonder if you can follow it in your own Bibles if you want to. It's First Samuel 16, um, 1 to 13, although I'm skipping a wee bit out in the middle. It's a very long passage. And as I'm reading this story, I want you just to think about where David was at each point where this story unfolds, about the inclusion of his brothers and David's exclusion from this sacrifice. So let's read together. Okay. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. 
I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I've chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I'll show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one that I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him and they asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And then I'm going to skip down quickly to verse 10. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came partially upon David. I love that end, a little bit of that passage. I always wonder what it looked like when the spirit of the Lord came on him. Um, what was it that God saw in David? His heart, even as a child, David was this kid after God's own heart. And I was having a look to see what age David would have been when he was a shepherd. And he was most likely eighth at the youngest when he started shepherding and 15 at the oldest but a lot of people would say that at this time of his anointing they'd place him at kind of pre-adolescence and at this young age the direction of David's heart pleased God and God put his hand on David and he said here is a boy who understands my heart what a gift he is in this time you know this is like what God's saying that this kid's a gift in this time and I wanted to use this passage because I want you to think of one of the kids in your group You've loads of kids in your grips, but just think of one for now and even just make a picture of them in your head and imagine God is saying this about them. Here is a child who understands my heart. What a gift they are in this season we are living in. Is the power of God available for our children during this season? Yes, it is. It is. God has planned for this time in history. And he is moving in little lives and homes all around. God is in their space. And we can be tempted to imagine, you know, that because we can't meet with our kids, that God is doing nothing. But he's always, always doing a new thing. And this generation is no different. And we want our kids to put down deep roots in this season. And one of the most important times in the life of David is this time that not many of us think much upon. Whenever he tended his father's flock as a young shepherd's boy, all by himself. 
And as a shepherd, you know, David would have lived through these extended periods of isolation as a child and as a teenager. You know, apart from the work that he had to do with his sheep, he was very, very much alone. You know, and that makes me think of this isolation, this loneliness that our kids are in at the minute. You know, apart from the work he had to do with his sheep, you know, he was in this season of isolation. And yet God saw something in David's heart that he loved. And David, he hadn't preached, he hadn't healed people, he hadn't spoken any great words of wisdom at this point that were in any way recorded. But this kid has this heart that worshipped. And he must have been calling out to God whenever he was isolated or bored or whatever. He must have been calling out to God whenever it maybe didn't seem the obvious thing for a child to be doing with his time. And in the middle of the wilderness, David was having this really profound relationship with God. The Lord himself was pastoring David. Guys, I just want to say to you, you know, don't panic that you're not seeing much of your children right now because God is doing amazing things in the lives of the kids in your church when no one is looking. And perhaps what we were always meant to be doing whenever we were with our kids in person was setting the scene and getting out of God's way. And now that we're all in lockdown, we've got no choice. So let's pray carefully about the truths that we need to tell our children um, in the lessons that we're preparing for them and tell them about what God is doing whenever it's just them and him and everyone else is out of the way. And let's tell them that even though they can't be with other people in their church at the minute, God is in their space. So during this lockdown, you know, I'm sure that many of our children are hearing the call of their father because they can do this. And we need to remind them of the truth that they know. And we need to leave our kids in God's hands. And I just really want to encourage you all that you have been equipping some of the kids in your church for months and for years, some of you, you know. Um, Remind the kids of the things that they already know. They know the cross and they know the crown and they know how to be with the Father. I know that you guys will have taught them that. They know how to be with the Father. Remind them that they know exactly what to do whenever they're feeling scared or anxious or lonely. Yeah. It's a bit of a relief, really, that their relationship with the father doesn't actually depend on what you teach them. You know, it doesn't depend on them coming to church. Although, don't get me wrong, because those things are a massive gift. You know, like I can't wait till we can all get back again and see our kids. You know, these things are a gift. But their relationship with God doesn't hinge on those things, you know. So let's pray for our kids, let's send them messages, let's remind them that they know how to approach their father, they know how to talk to him, they know how to go to him and get their peace. Why don't you tell them some stories of how you go to the father to get your peace in this season? Why don't you get some of your kids leaders and the people in your church to tell them 
what that looks like, but then remember to release them to go to the father and do that by themselves. Let's call out the amazing future that God has for our kids in our lessons. Let's pray and just contend for them. But in the middle of this lockdown, that they will run crash bang into the heart of the plans of the father. And, you know, maybe in this season, they won't hear as much of what their friends and their teachers think of them, which is sad. And it's really hard that they're not um, in these peer relationships. But what if they do get to hear in the solitude what God thinks of them, you know, because he has not stopped moving. He's still raising up boys and girls who understand his heart and who will deal with their Goliaths in the light of it. Whenever David was out alone on the hillside, outside of community, it was in these circumstances that he developed this heart that was foundational for God being able to use him powerfully, you know. And one day, you know the story, it's so familiar. David, who is still a shepherd, and very much not a soldier, shows up on the battlefield bringing a meal, bringing food for his brothers, and he's shocked by what he sees and hears. He spent all these hours in the hillside, immersed in the father's heart, and he goes out into this battlefield, and here's this man, this Goliath, mocking and blaspheming his God, and something happens in his heart. He just can't it. You know, it's the opposite of what he knows to be true about his father. And, you know, he hears Goliath mocking and blaspheming and David volunteers to fight Goliath. And this young boy's heart, he can't bear what he's witnessing. And he has a hard time convincing everybody to let him go out onto the battlefield. But it's his declarations about who God is and his testimony about how God saved him on countless occasions that convinces Saul to actually let him go. We can read in our Bibles, David tells Saul, God who saved me from the claws of the lion and the claws of the bear, he will save me from the hands of the Philistine. These trials of David's prepare him for greater things still to come. And when we overcome challenges by the help of God, we grow strengthened in our faith in him and the secret behind David's courage lies, I think, in what he learned in those isolated years of shepherding. Wow, what God had in store for that kid. I wonder what he has in store for our vineyard kids as they navigate this time of lockdown and feeling isolated. We want to help our kids develop this heart that's after God's own heart. So that at the end of all of this, they can sense the presence of God walking them through, that they can feel him at their side and come up from this well. We want to be building resilient kids who have this relationship with God and then the character that flows out of that. Kids who know what to do in hard times and can come out strong. And I can just, I just know, um, that there won't be a single person on this um, seminar who hasn't had to deal with some incredibly hard times. And each of us knows full well that it's in the struggle that we discover our strength. 
this is a really stressful time we're living in and I didn't want to do one of those talks of life gives you lemons make lemonade like it's a really hard hard time that we're living in and what we need to do is know how to help our kids we want to help our kids know what to do and how to cling to God as a life lesson so David didn't have it easy in his time of shepherding he had to fight lions and bears. We know that he spent long days with zero community around him. We humans don't tend to learn well in easy circumstances. And so often the Lord trains us in the midst of problems. I wonder if you've ever benefited from a negative experience. I wonder if any of you have ever seen a child benefit from a negative experience. I can think of some. Perhaps now is the time to be telling those stories of how you faced a hard time and what God was doing all the while. And it's interesting that whenever David was under the most pressure, that he wrote these amazing psalms of trust and patience and God's timing. You know, and as I was writing this, I kept having these amazing pictures of our kids writing and making up their own worship songs for the Father. You know, God is working out his purposes, even against this background. So much of what David learned in his lonely days as a shepherd can be seen whenever we watch him responding to challenges. We can see them being applied whenever he leads people. So just to, to come in for a landing, what are the things that you've spent years teaching your kids? What are the tools that you've already given them? like chat and catch God swaps where they can supernaturally exchange their worries for the peace of God because we've got this incredible opportunity now um, you know we've got whole families watching kids ministry on the screen we've got this chance to give parents the language and the tools that we've been finding so helpful have you asked the parents in your church what what's God doing in your home at the minute what beautiful things are happening in your family as you uncover Jesus together? How can we use this season to our advantage and equip our parents with the strategies that we've been using all the while with our kids? What are the things that we've always wished our parents would know? Now's our chance. We want our kids, guys, to be resilient with the trust that comes from knowing Jesus. And we want to teach them that struggles are normal whenever you live between the cross and the crown and things will always surprise us or not happen as we are ex throws us curveballs constantly but God's not surprised by any of them he's not surprised by the tensions that we're going through he's working in them and through them and he doesn't change so we don't know what's going to happen in 2021 really um, 2020 has taught all of us to be super humble whenever we think about it, you know. Um, but the Bible shows us that God's people are people who have survived multiple catastrophes. This is an uncertain world, but we do know the end point, the end destination. So can we help our kids see the empty tomb in the midst of the pandemic? Can we lead them into that place? And I want you to hear this clearly. You're such a gift to the families in your church, to the children in your church. 
this won't be the only time that they have got to deal with uncertainty in their lives. We want to try and coach them with strategies for spending time taking their emotions and their questions to Jesus so that they can hear his heart. I'm praying this will be an amazing opportunity for our children to just really powerfully encounter him in the midst of this all. God's reminded me in this season that every time I start to worry, and I'm such a worrier, I shouldn't be, but I am, about how our church kids are whenever I see fallen numbers watching my videos or whatever it is, and I start stressing how are the kids doing. You know, God's just reminded me, like, you know, we've said this before, we're not the, the Holy Spirit. We're not the children's Holy Spirit. We can't do this for them. So we want to continue to equip them and encourage them and remind them that they have this. So my goal is to help them love God wholeheartedly, but always remembering that it's God who directs their path. What can we say that David learned when he was alone with God on the hillside? After this, you can go and read through Psalm 23. Again, you'll know it by heart, most of you. And you can say that David learned that God was his shepherd, the one that watches over all of us. He knew that God provided for him. He knew that in the light of this, he lacked nothing. David learned, I love this one, how to lie down and have peace. I need to learn that, you know. He learned how to walk in righteousness. He learned how to live as God wants. He wasn't afraid even in the valleys. He knew how to find comfort. He knew that God was with him. David took comfort in knowing that God was with him. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Could it be that even though we can't be with our kids each week, the Lord himself is discipling them? And they are understanding things about God's heart that they never could have understood when they were with us. What will this generation be capable of? Can you even imagine? As I pray, I feel like God's reminded me that I'm not to worry and to pray. We want to set our kids up for an encounter with their Heavenly Father who is there discipling them himself. What if this generation of kids in your church is more resilient than any ever before? Because we've said already, it won't be the only time they'll have to face a difficult season. So let's just keep praying that they'll learn how to be with their father in the midst of this. This, this is our moment, maybe, to bless our kids for the rest of their lives by teaching them some of these skills. The Bible tells us that God can take the things that Satan planned for bad and turn them for his good. So let's help our kids discover what to do when stressful time comes. Help them learn how to turn to the Father in every season of their soul. Because the Spirit of God is hovering over our kids right now and over our families. He's making new things, even in the wilderness. So thank you, Father that you're always moving, you're always working powerfully in the lives of our children, and we trust you with their hearts. Amen. Guys, I talked for longer than I hoped I hoped to talk for, but what I'd love to do now is, I haven't um, read very many of the comments, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to hand over to these guys, um, and some of them have got some really encouraging stories to tell you, because I wanted just to think, what are some of the really beautiful things God's been doing? even in the middle of lockdown and not seeing our kids. So I'm going to hand over to the panel to share 
a few stories and then Kev is going to direct some questions when you feel the time is right. So thank you. Guys. That's great, Katie. Thank you. I th can, can people hear me? Yeah. Um, guys just a quick reminder do answer the poll um and we'll talk about that later it's there too um we want to encourage you and we want to see kind of where you guys are at um, but katie as you were talking you did an amazing job and thank you i'm encouraged and i know we all are um i was just thinking about um um just how mana who's uh, with us today she has pastored my children um through um through many years and um so often we say we say to them um come on what did what did mana teach you about that what did mana teach you um and we, we we get them to recall what has been said um so as an encouragement to mana but to all of us um to be keep reminding our children as katie said but mana you've got a really good story haven't you about um the things that you've done at church and and one of those um things that kids have just done at home um that you've taught them you have to unmute yourself mana there you go that's better um one that i quickly want to share is um the emphasis on intimacy and worship and um we've in in the in Ventureland, our children's ministry when we were at church we have a, a river um it's a long story but beautiful um where the kids go and sit in the river and spend so what we've seen is um with online church now um one of the boys five years old um uh the mom sent me a picture of him he made his own river in the living room and um, he went and lied down in the worship time, catching from God, hearing from God. It's just so encouraging to see it flowing into the kids' homes. That is amazing. Thank you, Mona. Can I add something just quickly? What I want to say about that is if we think last year this time, Carol Wimber talked to us and she said, revival is coming and she talked about the grace of god and she said people be in position okay if we think of pete greek what he said harvest is ready chuck i can't remember his last name now he said the harvest is ready and in my heart i honestly believe that revival is coming and i know that the children will be part of it so i want to I want to raise mm. your faith in it and that's why it's so important in this time two things with the kids the one is intimacy with god you know during worship get them to see on their mind tv jesus this this is a great book children can you hear me that helps um brad jessak um so let them engage with jesus in worship but um let them write their dreams down because god is going to speak to through our kids um you know, we've got a sheet that I can share with you guys that um, they record their dreams and they do night declarations. Um, let them, as they worship, write down or draw the pictures that they see, um, the words that God gives them. He's going to speak through the kids. And then we get the kids to do, um, you know, praying for people, praying for healing, um, stepping out in what, you know, what God speaks to them. Anyway, the I just wanted to add that to the worship testimony. Yeah, that's brilliant. A very quick story from me. Um, we um, have we're quite a small church in Hemel Hempstead, and we do a little Zoom um, group during the week for kids. And I'm just really encouraged that 
um, we had we had a kid come along recently who um, hadn't been um, his family had been involved um, very uh, briefly um, some years ago, but hadn't been. Um, but because he heard there was a kid group on, he came along and started meeting with um, the others of us on Zoom. And since his family have started on a Sunday morning coming um, to church and for me it's just encouraging again it's through the children that this has happened and it was so we've had like the parent and the other child come along to church because of one child deciding to come to a kids group on zoom um, and to me that's really encouraging and I think as, as, as it's been said the harvest is there we need to we need to get ready for this harvest Dave Becker, have you got? Yeah, fantastic. Um, Listen, I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to come in because it is. It's so good to uh, to have you all. It's so good to to be here. I am in my fifteen year old's um, sort of officey thing, so it looks like uh, NASA control in here. I've got screens <laughs> and everything. Um, but 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 I do. It's it's. Uh, Katie, you said it so well. You know, the, these kids aren't our kids. They are God's kids, and in the same way that God discipled David in those fields, He is discipling kids without us do you know and, and i think it's just been a real um real weight off my shoulders to to realize that and it's probably taken a lockdown to to do that for me i want to i want to read something um that pete greg put up actually marley you mentioned pete greg on whatever day it was a couple of days ago he says this he says current churches which flourish on the other side of this pandemic won't necessarily be the ones that created the best content during the crisis everybody take a deep breath <sighs> but rather those that engendered a sense of belonging throughout the isolation of this season. Then he goes on, never in my lifetime of so many people, and this includes kids, uh, simultaneously been so hungry for encouragement and love. Simple acts of kindness and thoughtfulness are likely to echo in many hearts for years to come. For those of us attempting to lead in this difficult season, let's remember that the call to pastor is not to perform, uh, to preach or God help us to manage programs. The call to pastor is to lay ourselves down daily for others. It is to listen, to bind up broken hearts and to go the second mile. And above all else, it's a call to pray diligently for those entrusted to our care. Brilliant. I can do that. <laughs> I can pray for our kids. Do you know? And I think, I think for me, it's taken this uh, emphasis off programs. It's taking the emphasis off the curriculum stuff, you know, and, and the pressure to perform and the pressure to give out constantly, I think is, is less now than it was pre-COVID. And I, I see a lot of blessings in this COVID time. And, and I put in the, in, the, uh, in the chat there that I'm quite excited about what it looks like on the other side. I don't fully know yet. But what I do know is I don't necessarily want to go back to all the stuff that we used to do. I think there's a real opportunity here to say, look, some of these things worked, some of them didn't. You know, and I know one of, one of the questions was about what do we do with our teams? Um, <laughs> and that's such a great question. And honestly, I don't know, other than just encouraging them, keep encouraging them, keep pastoring them, um, keep sending them a wee text every so often. And who knows whether they want to come back or whether they won't. Who knows what God is doing? And I think overall, we've just got to trust that God is in control in this. Yeah. 
that's brilliant i um was chatting to someone just off the back of what dave said and they had said to me katie what's your job at the minute and i like had my journal and wrote down all these things i thought were my job um and they were all to do with create online content it's a big massive long list and then they said at the end of it what if your only job was to come into each moment well and gosh it made me think and i suddenly realized if i had to teach about worship to the kids well my preparation ought to be putting on some worship music and dancing around the living room for half an hour and that would enable me to come into the teaching moment well so i think i've been um, pondering on on that a lot and it's different answers for everybody but worth spending some time asking jesus like how do i come into each moment really well you know because that models something more important really <laughs> can, I, can i can i just say a quick story just about that whole thing of god is god is discipling the holy spirit is discipling kids and it's the story that i only heard yesterday afternoon and it's uh, a mum texts me and it says this i'll just read you the text uh i'm not named the kid but this kid had a dream just after christmas that he wanted to give away a voucher with his own money 15 pounds so he bought it and then she says with everything going on in our house and they had uh the, the dad was seriously sick and, and was taken into hospital anyway so with, with everything that was going on it just lay in the house so he prayed outside marks and spencers but didn't feel the right person was there then he saw this man i think his name was richard and said it's for him mum so so random he was from our church but ollie well the boy didn't know this oh gosh i said his name um so he <laughs> went over and he prayed for this man and gave him this voucher. And it's like, I, I didn't teach him to do that. I hadn't spoken to him. The Lord gave him a dream. Isn't that amazing? And he's doing it, not just in the hearts of the kids here, but in the kids' of hearts, wherever you are. That's amazing, thank you. Becca, did you have anything? We'll move on to some questions. I'm, I'm keen to look. Let's get those questions going. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we looked at kind of um, kids team. I don't know if anybody else wants to um, kind of chip in about what they're doing um, just to keep kids teams involved. Um, there's obviously the worry about kids teams um, not being there um when when we return but also our kids as well because we don't know what our kids numbers are like um for so many of us and so um so let's jump over to becca why don't you kick us off with that great yeah isn't it a question that we've all asked ourselves there's no point beating around the bush it's been i'm sure a little seed of fear in all our hearts which probably shouldn't be there because god is on the throne and he's in control but it is a reality that we are facing that in this season and um, there's been those select few who are brilliant in front of a camera who we've worked hard i'm just speaking from my point of view i guess i don't know what you're all doing but there have been some really key people who have just shone in front of the camera and who have been really able to engage well with our kids and we've worked them those people really hard and so they still know what our vision is and our values are and they're still really passionate about kids ministry and then there's those people who are on the periphery who have been key instrumental volunteers because in, they all are 
um, who there hasn't been a role for them in this season. So we have definitely prayed about it as a kids team. And um, isn't that one of the things we can all do is pray? And so um, back a few months ago, we put on a, um, a leaders meeting, a kids leaders meeting, and we invited all of our kids volunteers to join us. And we talked about what we'd done. We talked about what we were hoping to do. And then we invited them to participate with us in prayer. Um, and so we've been sending out prayer points to them um, encourage them that actually these kids are still like they are still their leaders. And when they come back, it's those faces of our volunteers that they're going to want to see and they're going to want to be encouraged by and they're going to want to share their feelings and thoughts um, about what has happened in the last year with them or however long it is until we meet again. We're not meeting um, and haven't met with the kids physically this whole time. And we are devastated by that. But it is those leaders who they are going to know. And I think that it was really important for us to um, convey that message that we're going to need you and we need you now to pray um, because that is so important for our kids. But we're going to need you when we come back as well, because these are the kids. They're going to want to talk to people that they know and who know them. And so we just really encourage them. And I would encourage you guys, if you have um, capacity, just to, I know Zoom is a love-hate relationship, but if you can just spend an hour um, every six months even, inviting your leaders in and just encouraging them and reinstating the vision and getting them passionate again about these kids and about our future leaders and our leaders now, then um, then that's that's what we've we've done. And it is still a fear in my heart, but I know that God's working on it and I just need to hand it over to him. That's brilliant. Marna, um, do you have anything you want to add on Teams and that? Um, just quickly, I've, I've done a monthly Zoom with my team. Um, it's, the attendance is very varied um, because I think people are Zoomed out. But um, phone call is so important. People love hearing from us. And then pray for your team. When you call them, pray for them. And then what I've recently done with my heart, my, my eye on God, is we're teaching the kids now on the miracles of Jesus. And I've, I'm contacting people that's a little bit older in our church to share testimonies where God did a miracle in their lives. And that some of those people is my, in my team that I've asked. And it's, I'm just blown away how they've responded so eager to share a miracle that God has done in their lives. So that has, I've seen people who's felt on the um, fringes, who's, you know, um, when I asked them to do a testimony, just flourished in it and just loved it. Fantastic. And um, Marna, Megan is asking where um, they uh, where she can find the resources about recording dreams, etc. that you mentioned. Um, okay. I can put the PDF on the Facebook page. That would be brilliant. And I sent a link earlier to that. Um, so check out the chat and you'll see a link to the Facebook page if you're not already on it. Fantastic. Um, I think let's let's get through some more questions because I'm just aware of time. Um, so there's a, a few questions about kind of how we create content that is kind of family um, engaging and number of our churches have moved from more kind of solely kids focused to being much more family focused um, and almost the um, 
the old family services um, kind of really coming back and, and stuff. Um, and Dave, um, why don't we hear from you on that? Because I know that you've been doing um, quite a bit of family stuff. And then Katie, um, you've been doing some stuff. Yeah, thanks, Kev. So I honestly, folks, I was never a big fan of um, the family service where the first 15 minutes would be for the kids and then the kids would do a colouring in thing or something and the rest of it would be for adults. Uh, and so I, I I was always, I never really liked it at all, you know, would almost kick against it. But since lockdown, what I've discovered and what we've, we have a church has discovered is that we, we've just come across this formula that works for us. We do, uh, whenever we can meet in person, we were doing it on a Saturday afternoon at four o'clock. We called it B4T. And we invited, uh, or parents had to register, and it was kids up to the age of 11 and their parents. And it was a family service. So we would have fun, we would have worship, we'd do a messy thing, but it wasn't simply aimed at kids. And this was the big challenge. We never wanted to do anything that was either aimed solely at kids or solely at their parents. We wanted to involve the whole family. And uh, through trial and error, we've kind of stumbled on something that has really worked. And whenever we were meeting before Christmas, it was our most popular service. It was the service that would max out every week before any other service, because parents are just hungry to come to church with their kids. And what we've discovered is that now we can model in an incredible way uh, for parents to worship with their kids, for parents to read the Bible with their kids, for parents to do the adventure of following Jesus with their kids. And so we, we challenge them, we encourage them. You know, we often get uh, a family to do a prayer at the end that we put on the screen. And it hasn't taken, it hasn't taken an awful lot of uh, expense or anything, but it's just something we've stumbled upon. And even post-COVID is something that we will be pushing into because it's just been fantastic to see families encouraged together to follow Jesus. Um. I think I've shared in the past about some of the things we did when we did our Zoom call that time before Christmas. Um, but one thing I would add to that is um, some of the compassion things have been brilliant for our families to do together. So whenever we've had meal trains for someone who's been ill or a new baby, we've put it on our family page and encouraged families to make the meal together, bake buns for the family, make cards the kids put their art in and it turns into like a family ministry thing and the parents have had feedback from some parents that that's been a real just moment of discipleship with their kids and talking about how we're spending our time on other people as well and of course at Christmas lots of you will have done hampers that was another great thing to pull families in on and just try and find these little things that aren't necessarily the Sunday morning stuff but they're real moments that family can do something together um, and just um, serve other people and glorify Jesus, you know. Fantastic. Does anybody else want to kind of talk about parents engaging um, Becca or Mana? Yeah, can I just quickly say one of the things that we found the most encouraging in this season is the fact that for so many parents, they're never invited in to see what we do in kids ministry. And this has been the first opportunity for them to be able to really get a view of what we're doing. And I know. Kind of share our hearts. And so our top tip is to really encourage your pa parents of your kids to sit down and watch the content with them. 
And that will encourage their the discussion then for the rest of the week because they know what their kids are being taught and are absorbing. And if the parents can sit down and model worship with them, even in their own homes, you know, when we put the kids worship on and love it when parents um, send videos in of them all just dancing around the room going crazy. But it is the, for some of them, it's the first time that they've actually been able to do that with their kids and actually really engage with the content. So top tip, if you can get even into, you know, if you're doing separate things for adults and, and kids, get it into a big church and say, parents, we really want you to be sat with your kids watching the kids program as well. And um, yeah, that's it for me. I want to just add um, with the miracles of Jesus, I've um, contacted families and said, can you, do you want to pick a miracle? And so I put the bar low. I said, you can read the miracle and two minute discussion with your kids um, and send us the video. And the families have just flourished with that. We've had families this Sunday, the one they've done, they did a role play as a family and it was just so beautiful to see. And then the dad sits with the kids afterwards and he discuss it with the kids and then he prays with them and then get the kids to pray. So I think that is incredible modeling for other families as well. Um, we've got other, um, we've got the families who did puppets to do the miracle of Jesus. And um, it is, yeah, it, I've been amazed at, you know, the willingness of parents to do the miracles of Jesus with, um, you know, with their children. I think it's also very important if you think, um, you know, we now Sunday, I think the thing that broke my heart the most was on a Sunday, there's possibly four or five screens happening and people are watching their own services in one home. And it's broke my heart because the acts model for home church was families together doing church together. So I, I trust that through us having families um, model, you know, families doing part of the teachings and that you see dads and moms engage with the kids that that we'll see more of that happening um in the homes as well i love that Fantastic. I, love, I love that the new testament model of church you know <laughs> um, who knows you know who knows maybe that maybe we will end up doing church will look more like that post-covid i don't know but okay. it worked all right for them didn't it it did work all right for them yeah. I think it's definitely something that God's accelerating in this season. I think um, we were heading this way anyway and having all these conversations about all intergenerational, all ages. And then something's happened during the pandemic where it got fast tracked and we started to do it anyway. So that's really, really exciting. But yeah, I think it's just all the things we've been saying about using the opportunities and even in, if you are doing a video or even if you've got families on Zoom, like coaching the parents, I've been saying, right, mum and dad are going to lay a hand on you now and they're going to pray this. They're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and then almost coaching the parents through, praying for their kids. And it's not new information for many of our parents, but for some of them, it's the first time they've ever prayed for their kids. And that's amazing, you know. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, 
We are going to be ending any minute. Um, I just want to say that those of you that filled out the poll, thank you. That's really good for us to kind of see where where you guys are at. Um, we are as a as a team. We are available to um, to support where we can, and we, we're we're all volunteers and um, doing doing this for the movement. But we want to be able to support. So if you need something, reach out to us. I'm just going to put in the chat the link to um, the Vineyard Church's Children's Ministry page, and there's a contact there for um, where you can get through to Katie and then Katie will kind of um, send that out to us and we'll try and support you and, and we are here for you guys we want to see God's kingdom come in all of our churches so please do reach out if you if you feel you need some support um, and we'll pray with you and we'll do what we can um, but um, Becca do you fancy praying for us absolutely yeah Father God, we are so grateful for all the people who are on this call and that you have, um, it is in your plan that kids grow and thrive and that you have a plan for their lives. And so Father, I invite the Holy Spirit to just rest in every single one of our children's homes because you know them, you know them personally and you love them more than we ever could. So Father God, I pray that you would equip their parents to um, show them what it is to be a disciple of you. And would you just encourage each and every leader who is on this call that they have um, been placed in this time for a reason and that however discouraged we can feel, you are still on the throne and you have a plan. So Father, we, we give it all over to you and we ask you to speak to us and give us creative ideas of how we can reach our children. Amen.